1: Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And we are going to have so much fun today, because we're actually talking with somebody back in Colorado. You know, got to love it when we're doing the Denver station, out to Atlanta, back to Fort Collins. And so it is my great delight today to be talking with Ava Diamond. Hi, Deb. hello. Hello. Well, before we go any further, let me tell folks just a little bit, uh, bit about you. Ava is a speaking mentor and messaging strategist, which, ooh, that sounds very intriguing, so we're definitely going to know more about that. But Ava is the founder of Big Impact Speaking. She helps big vision entrepreneurs increase their impact, influence, and income through speaking. She is passionate about helping entrepreneurs step into their message in a big way and share it powerfully from the stage. She draws on her 19 years as a professional speaker to help her clients laser focus their message, craft their signature talk, and deliver it in a way that impacts their audience and moves them to action. Ava loves helping business owners rock their speaking so they expand their reach, become known as the go-to expert in their field, and easily get all the clients they want. So again, Ava, welcome. Thank
3: you. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Great, great. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I actually heard you speak one time uh, when I still lived in Denver when you spoke for the Colorado Women's Chamber of Commerce. And at that point, I thought, oh, this woman is absolutely phenomenal. And it's only taken me, what, three or four years to get you on the oh program. Gosh. So, you know, and, and what impressed me about you was obviously what you just said, the passion that you have. You know, you carry such, um, energy and, and I remember I think you had us up jumping around the room and, you know, all these various things and clearly it, it's it uh, was memorable because it, it has been probably at least five years since I heard you speak. Oh my so it really was a, a great presentation. Thank you. So let's just jump into this. You know, you, you teach other speakers how to message and present themselves. But You know, how
3: on earth did you get into this? Why did you decide to, to go down this career path? Well... I was in corporate America and I was a human resources manager and organizational consultant. And as Mm -hmm. part of that, I did a ton of leadership training, leadership development, personal development training. So in 1995, when I started my business, that's what I led with. I did a lot of training and consulting in the leadership and employee engagement and women's success space because that's what I had been doing in corporate. And Mm -hmm. then about Oh, 10 years into it, somewhere around 2004, 2005, that's when I added speaking into my business. So I started doing keynote speeches and breakout sessions, and so that was the second part of my business. And then about, oh, I don't know, maybe three years ago, Mm -hmm. I started doing speech coaching for women entrepreneurs because I realized That unless women entrepreneurs got out from behind their desk and Mm -hmm. out from behind their computer and actually got in front of audiences of their ideal client with the perfect message and then a way to get them either into their tribe or into their programs, they were never going to be as successful as they otherwise could be. I think Mm -hmm. online marketing is fabulous. I use online marketing, but I don't think it's the only thing entrepreneurs should be doing. I think Mm -hmm. they really need to get out and get in front of the room, in front of their ideal clients, and speak. It positions them in a way that nothing else does. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and there's so many people who obviously agree with that because they say that, you know, in, in order to get your message out there, you do need to be speaking in front of people. So let's you know, let's just kinda of talk about the fact that, you know, you and I are obviously shy people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I, I read in your bio that you started presenting when you were about seven and I was probably about the same age. Mm-hmm. So it's never been a problem for me to get up on a stage and, and speak. Um, I actually started singing and that was kind of, you know, how I did that, but I was always in theater, all of those various things. But you know, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that I would be a good speaker, or maybe I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm the, the very shy, retiring person who the, the thought of getting up and speaking just is enough to, to make me you know, quiver in my boots and, and go in, in a corner and hide. How do you even start the process with working with someone to, to develop this
3: in them? Well, I I think there's about three questions inside that question. (laughs) Oh, at So so I'm going to start with the person who is maybe an introvert, maybe a little bit afraid of getting up in front of a room full of people, Mm -hmm. and I'll start there. I think once you really have your message down and you really understand who you are, what you stand for, what transformation you can offer your ideal client and how you can change that person's life for the better you're in a wonderful position to get in front of a room of your ideal clients i think one of the things that scares people is they really don't know what to say and it's because they haven't nailed their message i think that's one of the funnest part of my jobs is Mm -hmm. with with my clients is really helping them step into their powerful message. In fact, this past Saturday, I just trained. I belong to the National Speakers Association, Mm -hmm. and the Colorado chapter is one of the best chapters in the country. And we have 22 people in our Speakers Academy, which are the new and aspiring speakers. And I do the first half-day session of training with them every year Ah. to help them really Stand in the power of their message, and I help them create their manifesto of what they stand Mm -hmm. for. And you can just see people transform before your eyes as they really nail their message. Mm -hmm. So, So that's the first piece for people who are a little reluctant or hesitant is to, Make sure you know your message, you know how to articulate it, you know how it's going to transform your clients' lives. So that's that's almost the internal piece. You know, now you've got Mm -hmm. your message. Then how do you get in front of a room of 15 or 30 or 50 or 100 or 1,000 people? And I think there's a few tips. One is you really have to realize that it is not about you. It's about your audience and how you can serve them. So people get really nervous because they feel like they have to be perfect, and they feel like they can't make a mistake. And they've seen some speaker at some event, and they go, oh, I'll never be that good. So they either try to emulate them, which never works, or they're so terrified that they won't be good enough that they have this dialogue running in the back of their head the whole time they're in front of the group and they're not even really present. So the the real trick is to know that it really isn't about you. It's about the transformation that you offer and how you can serve that audience. So then you're not focused on you. You're focused Mm -hmm. on serving, and it makes all the difference in the world.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I like that, you know, and, and because I think that is probably the reason why so many people are terrified and, and don't want to do it is they do get so caught up in the what if I make a mistake, what if they don't like me, and it's, it's the me, me, me thing as opposed to how can my message help you? And, you know, and, and then it's kind of the, you know, maybe it's just for five people. I think one of the things that people get themselves caught up in is they think they're going to have to speak in front of a thousand people. Well, maybe their perfect, perfect target audience is five people. Um, you know, and, and starting off small really is, is probably the best thing to do. You know, I'd have to disagree
3: with you a little bit. Uh-huh. Maybe that's bad form to disagree with the, no, I love with it. the host of this show that invited you. <laughs> I think it's harder to talk to five people than 20 people because mm-hmm. it's really hard to get any energy going in the room. You know, okay. w- unless it's a vi- like a VIP intensive retreat, mm-hmm. which is very different than like a 45-minute mm-hmm. right. speech, you know. But if you're talking 45-minute or an hour speech, I think it's really hard to generate energy in the room when there's that few people. I think when mm-hmm. you've got about 20, you've got some critical mass and you can get some energy going in the room. So although it might be a little less intimidating to only talk to five, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have a better experience if you've got 15 or 20 or 25 in the room. Well, and
1: as you were talking, of course, I was thinking, ooh, I agree with that, because one of the things I thought was if you've got a very small audience of just five or so, if, for some reason, they're not engaging. Then you're really thinking, "Oh, <laughs> what on earth am I doing?"
3: Um, you know, and and so the the more you have, you're right. That energy level is just going to increase. Yeah, I I find I would find it really tough to talk to five people again unless we were in a you know, workshop Mm -hmm. type of retreat environment, then small numbers are nice because you can develop a level of intimacy that it's difficult Mm -hmm. to do in a room of 50 people. So it really Mm -hmm. depends on the kind of speech you're doing, what your intention is, and what your call to action is because Mm -hmm. what I teach my clients is you always need to know your call to action before you sit down and write your speech because you're going to craft that speech to lead people beautifully to that call to action. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yeah, almost like knowing how the book ends before you start to write
3: the book. Exactly. I love it. And I don't know if that's yeah. good in book writing, but it's definitely good in. Speech writing. <laughs> well, you know, it, it depends on the book. I think you know, and
1: maybe it's that's because I'm a, a fan of mysteries. You know, I think you you kind of have to know who done it. Before you develop everything else, um, but but yeah, it's so how you know if say I'm somebody now who who has never really spoken, but I'm an entrepreneur. You've convinced me this is something I need to do. Walk me through this process. You know how how do you find out what someone's true message is? Because I think a lot of times people think they should talk about one thing. But it's really something not different, but a different
3: spin on it. Maybe is is the way to go. So, if I'm brand new, what would you say to me? Well, if if you were one of my private clients, I send you this mind-bogglingly long questionnaire to fill out before we ever really start our work together. So okay. oh, I have you thinking through a whole bunch of stuff, and then we get on the phone and and we spend a half a day together. And and what I really lead people through is it all starts with the ideal client. You know, mm-hmm. who can you best serve? And then it's not only who can you best serve, but who do you really want to work with? Because for example, when I started my speech coaching business, I really had two directions I could have gone in. I could have gone into executive speech coaching and corporate, which mm-hmm. I was Super qualified to do. I worked in a um, Fortune 50 company for a decade, so mm-hmm. I was super qualified to do that. Or I could have gone working with women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And when I really thought about it, I was like, okay, where am I qualified? Well, both places. Who would I love to work with? And then that really decided it for me i was like Mm -hmm. i don't really want to work with corporate executives because i have a consulting business where i work with corporate executives and i'm with them enough i think it would be more fun to just open up this whole other avenue and help people who are just struggling you know there are so many people that have such great products and programs and offerings but they're not messaging well, and they're not attracting clients, and they don't have any money, and they're frustrated, and, you know, some of them are thinking of quitting, and some of them are thinking of getting real jobs, and if they had just really taken the time to invest the time in the ideal client and their messaging, and then crafting that signature talk that... Really gets it out. So once I I work with clients to figure out what their message is, then we look at, okay, then what is your product pyramid? You know, what's going to be your low-level offering? What's going to be your mid-level offering? What's your high-end or premium offering? And then what are you going to want to sell in your live speeches? Because that's your call to action and then we start to craft their talk. And of course they Mm -hmm. want to craft their talk on that very first call. But if you've never done, if you haven't done all that other work, I mean the, the writing the signature talk becomes one of the easier parts once you've done all that messaging stuff. And then the other Mm -hmm. critical piece is helping them with their personal story and then the other stories that are going to illustrate and bring their programs to life.
1: Right. You know, and, and it, it is all about focusing and, and finding that the audience, uh, you know, I, I always like the people and I'm, I'm using like facetiously here who say my audience is everyone. Well, no. (laughs) No one's audience is everyone. And it doesn't matter what your product or your your service is or what you're doing. There is a specific, you know, niche. And now for some people that niche is fairly large, but for other people that niche is fairly small. Um, I mean, you think of even a company like Walmart, you know, they're not marketing to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so finding that perfect audience really goes a long way, especially when you're speaking to them. Because if you're up there and you're presenting, if if they're your good audience your perfect audience they're going to engage if it's not quite a good match that's where you might start to lose them well the other thing is if
3: you're speaking to sell because you know there's two different kinds of speeches right there's sort Mm -hmm. of the keynote speech and the speech that to sell if you're speaking Mm -hmm. to sell if you're not in front of your ideal audience they're not going to buy from you if you're in front of their ideal your ideal audience they can't wait to hear what you have to offer because they want to work with you beyond that one hour you're in front of the room. You've just really had them figure out that, oh, my gosh, I really need to know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So if they don't work with you outside of that room, they're not going to be able to implement everything you've taught them. So when you're in front of your ideal clients and they want to work with you beyond that 45 minutes or an hour, that's when your your cash register starts, cash right. register starts going ka because you've got the mm-hmm. ideal offering for your ideal client and you can serve them in the highest way because it's the mm-hmm. perfect match between your expertise and their problem. Mm hmm. Well, and I find, you
1: know, for the people I work with, sometimes that's the hardest thing is having them find that perfect audience, because they do, you know, especially if they're a new entrepreneur or struggling because they want to they want to make money. You know, let's just be blunt about it. They want to make money. So they think I need to sell to everyone. Mm-hmm. And The exact opposite is true. You know, you can can be selling and selling and selling, and if it's not the right person or the right market, you really have wasted your time.
3: Well, here's the thing. Your ideal client should hear what you have to say and, and say to themselves, oh, my gosh, she got inside my head. How did she know? She's talking just to me. And right. if you have hit your ideal client with the right message, they do feel like it was custom-crafted just for them, and mm-hmm. you are perfect for them. Saturday morning when I was at NSA, this one guy said his, his – area of expertise was how to be a great father and I said okay who are you going to market that to and he said everyone and I said dude you've got some work to do and and I think I insulted him because I'm from New York and I'm direct and I think that was very insulting but he came up to me afterward and he said you know I it kind of hurt my feelings when you said dude you have a lot of work to do but after spending four hours with you Mm-hmm. And learning about messaging an ideal client and my manifesto and my point of view, he said, you are so right. He said, you know, what I've got to do now is figure out exactly which dads I want to mm-hmm. talk to. So right. It's really clear to me that now that I have my point of view, I can articulate who needs that point of view. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it might be
1: a new dad. It might be a dad whose kids are going off to college or, you know, all of those things. And and the more he can drill down, I would imagine the better it is. Exactly. Great. Well, you know, time flies when I have great guests on, which is, you know, always. But uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and take a break. And when we come back, I want to continue this and talk about, you know, how people... You know, how they actually start crafting that message. So they figured out, okay, I need to reach X person, but then how do I do it? Uh, Because, you know, how you, especially when you're speaking, that is very different than what you're putting on a website, what you're putting in a brochure, or maybe what you're posting on social media. Always have to get social media in here. And so when we come back, let's talk about that. So I am Deb Creer having a great time on Mile High Radio talking with Ava Diamond. And when we come back, we're talking more about how to really reach that, that perfect audience as an entrepreneur to really be able to get yourself out there.
4: More stimulating talk radio milehighradio.com
5: Not quite seven years of age, Aaliyah had developed a fever that wouldn't go away, along with an arm pain that caused too many tears. A late night trip to the ER revealed the news that no parent wants to hear. Aaliyah had cancer, leukemia, her two-year treatment plan turned into five and a half years of chemo, oral and IV meds, appointments, ER visits, days, weeks, and months in the hospital, infections, side effects, multiple surgeries, a bone marrow transplant, and much more. Even though Aliyah never gave up her battle, God realized that it was an unfair fight. On July 9, 2010, the cancer died and Aaliyah went to heaven. We've all been touched by cancer one way or another, but cancer should never be allowed to touch our children. None of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. Together, we can fight to eradicate childhood cancers. Please support aim to cure in their effort to eliminate childhood cancer. Click on their logo on our website and give what you can. aim to cure has no overhead costs, so all money goes to research and public awareness programs. Please give today so that other children will have a tomorrow.
6: Performance Apparel is South Metro Denver's premier corporate and athletic apparel store. We're your one-stop shop for creating a personal yet professional look for you and your organization. We can assist you in outfitting your corporate team, baseball team, lacrosse team, soccer team, hockey team, football team, or any other team you're involved with. Our goal is to outfit your team for success. We offer in-house full service embroidery, a state-of-the-art banner and sign maker, Screen printing, a graphic designer, vinyl and heat press letter logos, tackle twill, sew-on lettering, leather jackets, hats, shirts, and other corporate imaging. Learn just why we've been chosen to be the official corporate image consultant and provider for MileHighRadio.com by clicking on the banner ad on their website. Remember the name in South Metro Denver. It's Performance Apparel. Parenting is a
4: rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First wants you to know you are not alone. Colorado parents can call 1-800-CHILDREN for answers, resources, and support. This free confidential support line can be the difference between struggling alone and finding the support you need to strengthen your family. Call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.FamiliesFirstColorado.org. Yep, here's your problem. You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com. Nothing says, I love you, more than MileHighRadio.com. Great shows, great music, MileHighRadio.com. What are you listening to?
2: We're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Career and her fabulous guest.
1: And we are back. And, and as we said in the intro, I do have a fabulous guest on today. I am having so much fun talking with Ava Diamond and learning so much from her. But before we get back into our conversation, Ava, tell people how they find you online and how they connect with you. You can
3: find me at www.bigimpactspeaking.com, and if you go there and put in your name and email, you can download the Rock Your Speaking Power Pack, which has an audio and also has a PDF and is really worth downloading. So that's at bigimpactspeaking.com. Great, great. Well, and you
1: and I are connected on social media, um, you know, and and I know you've got several pages there. So it's always great to be able to have different ways to reach people. But what we're talking about is how to reach them by standing in front of them and presenting. Um, And as you mentioned, you think it's very important for entrepreneurs to do this. But why, you know, let's, let's talk about that again. Why is it important, especially for female entrepreneurs, to be getting out there and speaking in front of an audience.
3: Yeah, and, and Deb, I'd like to add to what you just said. It's not just live in person. It's also live on things like this, on telesummits, on Mm -hmm. webinars. So it's it's a very similar skill set. So we are really talking about live in person, but I also would like your listeners to be thinking, now how would I apply this to when I'm invited to be on a telesummit? How would I utilize this when I want to deliver a teleseminar or a webinar? How would Mm -hmm. I use this when someone invites me to be a guest on a radio program? It's a very similar skill set, and you're using that same messaging. You're just formatting it differently for the different ways that you can deliver it. Right. So why is it important for you to get out and speak? I think there's five reasons. The first is, it really sets you up as the undisputed authority on your topic. Now, if you're invited to speak somewhere, like a few years ago, I was the closing keynote for the Women's Prosperity Network Conference in Florida. Jack Canfield keynoted the first day. I keynoted the second day. Now, think about that for a minute. Now, that doesn't wow. happen every day in Ava World. That was like a big deal, but, mm-hmm. but think about it for a minute. In terms of the authority that gave me, not only was I associated with Jack, but I had my own credibility from all the things I've done in my career. But then mm-hmm. I had that organization's credibility, the Women's Prosperity Network. So mm-hmm. they, although they only had several hundred people in the audience, their mailing list is several thousand people. Wow. So my name with my topic was getting in front of those several thousand people on multiple occasions. So even if your local networking group invites you in to speak or, um, you know, a, a leadership event or something like that, you not only have your own credibility, but you have the credibility of whatever organization invites you in behind you. And that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. The second reason why I think it's critical that entrepreneurs get out and speak is every day we are all bombarded with with just thousands of marketing messages. In fact, I was just complaining on Facebook this morning that it's really getting very intrusive. One woman this morning posted something on my timeline to promote herself. I got a few personal messages with people saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And, you know, in my world, that's not what personal messages are for on Facebook. So it's just getting even, you're just getting inundated. But when you're in front of the room, in front of your perfect audience, they, if you're any good at all, they are focused on you and Mm -hmm. only you for 30, 45 minutes or an hour, only on you, no distractions. That's just priceless. Because they're not, their their attention is not being divided in all different kinds of places. And I apologize, mm-hmm. my fax machine is, is ringing. <laughs> I can do about that. So I'm that's all right. talking and ask your listeners to just, assuming that's our musical interlude there. mm mm-hmm. Okay, the third thing it does is it helps you build the know, like, trust factor the way nothing else does. Joel Com, a very famous Internet marketer here in Colorado, says it's not just know, like, and trust. that The progression is know me, like me, trust me, pay me. Yes. And I love what he, oh, the, he added, the pay me, because they may not pay me that day in that room. But we're going to start a relationship. And over time, if I offer them value and I have a product or service that would help them, then they will be likely to buy from me because I built that know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. The fourth reason is, speaking in front of the room, if you... Structure your speech well, and what I tell my clients is, it's part art, part science. You know, there is kind of a formula that you follow, but it's part art. You know, it's part what you bring to it. But but being in front of the room and having a well-structured speech and being in that in that uh, mindset of love and service allows you to sell without being salesy or pushy or hype or right. gross or you don't have to feel like you need to go home and take a shower when you're done mm-hmm. and then the last reason is it's just time efficient you know mm-hmm. if you were going to have strategy sessions with 50 potential clients even if they were just half an hour a piece that's 25 hours and that's not even talking about how long it takes to like get them to sign up for the strategy session the relationship building now, if I go talk to an audience of 50 people, that's an hour of my time. That's mm-hmm. really time efficient. And if I'm right. selling something that is too expensive to sell from the stage and I, and they do need to have a strategy session with me, I'll only be talking to the people that have raised their hand and said I'm interested in that program rather mm-hmm. than wasting my time on the 30 people. I might only talk to 20 who are interested instead of, additionally the 30 who are not interested Mm -hmm. so i think you know when you look at those five reasons it's like how could you not right well and you know it it, if for me your point number three
1: really hit home because that's my philosophy behind social media you know it's it's kind of a platform that we use to get our message out there to get people to know us to like us to trust us and yes to spend money with us Mm -hmm. um you know and and I think that's where some people kind of drop the ball. You know, they forget that their Facebook friends or their LinkedIn connections or their Twitter followers are people who potentially could either buy from, you know, buy my my service or they could refer people to me, um, and and I love it when people like you use social media because you know we're as I mentioned at the start we're connected on several sites, including Facebook, and you have this great combination of tactfully and subtly telling people what you do for a living. You know you might talk about, "Hey, you went and gave this great presentation to this fabulous group and and so that's a way to say your message without and here's what I told them yup, but then you also add little bits of personal in there, you know, and there's never too much information, but we've got just enough to know that you like me, have beagles, you have one, I have more than one um and so it it does help build that no like and trust factor because then you know, we we do work with people we know like and trust and you know so that to me is is the platform of social media it's like you're on this little stage every single time you start typing and you know i always want to remind people of that because sometimes they you know they do exactly what you said they they post inappropriately they you know contact you in ways that that really aren't the the best way and so that's just something that that I wanted to make sure that that we
3: talked about. And I think you do need a good combination of the professional and the personal. And so mm-hmm. as you were talking, I just went to my Facebook page and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what the posts are for the last two or the last 3 days. So I put a post on with a picture about mm-hmm. teaching messaging and point of view at the Colorado Speakers Academy. Then I put a post about that I stopped at Costco on my way home because we just got Mm -hmm. a Costco. And what do you like at Costco? And I did Mm -hmm. that because I I knew that people would engage with that, and Mm -hmm. I wanted engagement. I'm not going to get a ton Mm -hmm. of engagement saying, oh, I taught this workshop. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think I got four or five comments, but when I posted about Costco, I got 60 comments. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I wanted engagement. You know, then later that night I, I went, I put on that I was going to a friend's home for dinner and I binge watched Breaking Bad. Then I put mm-hmm. on a quote about speaking that a colleague of mine shared. And mm-hmm. yesterday I put that I interviewed the president of Colorado State University for my leadership book. You know, which basically tells people I'm writing one. But but I don't go, oh, I'm writing a leadership book. You know, I, I say I just got back and it was a fascinating <laughs> conversation. And then this morning I put on there that I'm doing some data analysis for a two-day leadership retreat I'm leading next week. But again, then I want to put my personality in it. So I said, it's making my brain hurt. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I don't do data analysis for a living because that makes me more human. So it's not, I'm a big deal, I'm facilitating a leadership retreat. It's, oh, my God, I'm trying to do this data analysis and my brain is killing me. But I managed Mm -hmm. to put in there, that I'm facilitating that puppy. And that's something that was annoying me about Facebook, you know, and and people Mm -hmm. sending me all these sales messages. So it's a a carefully thought through strategy. And then when I sell stuff, because I do, you know, when I sell stuff on there, people have already interacted with me in Mm -hmm. a bunch of different ways. I'm not just constantly saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and... And it more than anything, it makes us be human um, and I think that's sometimes what gets intimidating about connecting with some people, and especially if it's a speaker you know that that you have seen present or um you know one of my my favorites is um Jeannie Roberts, who oh. is you know she she came down and spoke at the Georgia NSA group, and you know she puts the absolute funniest things on facebook and and I mean it's just so much fun to to read those posts. But it makes her be human, also. Now, granted, what she's speaking about is is very much, you know, just human interaction. But, you know, it it, it makes it, it puts people back on kind of that same level. Um, you know, when you posted yesterday about talking to uh, the the head of CSU, of course, my first thought was, "Yay, I went to CSU!" Um, you know, and and now. You know, somebody else might go, "Ooh, Rams." Oh, (laughs) you know, but it is part of that conversation that we need to have with people. And you know, the in today's world, we don't have those conversations. You know, there are so many of us who work from home or work in small businesses. And we've lost those interactions with people. And to me, that is part of what social media is good for, is to to get back to having those conversations. Well,
3: and truthfully, I keep an eye on my cloud score. If Mm -hmm. my cloud score starts going down a little, then I will post one of those things. Like I think I did two last week. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. here's one. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked in the room, what would it be? Because I, mm-hmm. I needed, I, I looked at my clout score, it was down a point, and I'm like, I need some serious interaction, you know, so I put mm-hmm. that on there. Or, right. you know, there was one I put on there, if you could write a note to your younger self, what would you say in only two words? Which, again, you know, it's kind of stupid, but I got 60 comments, and mm-hmm. I was looking right. for interaction for my cloud score. So mm-hmm. I think you just have to keep your eyes on a bunch of different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, you know, I, I look at my clout score also, and it's funny, I got the email yesterday, ooh, your clout score has gone up. I'm like, ooh, ooh, you know, I had to go check and see. And it's not that we're being egotistical about it. You know, there is that little, ooh, I have a higher clout score type of thing. But it's exactly what you said. It is more about, you know, that people are engaging with you. Um, you know, and, and so that's kind of where you know, Okay, this hit home and we had a lot of interaction with it and these posts ugh not so much. Sometimes you need the ugh not so much posts to to you know really be having a good mix of things. But to me a clout score
3: is just a factor of it really means that what you're saying is something that people care about. Well in the speaking world now, meeting planners are starting to check your clout score. Oh, definitely. And that's for me, that's why I need to keep it you know, I'd like to have it be about four points higher. I have not mastered that. I haven't Mm -hmm. figured out what the, you know, secret code is for that. Mine stays at about 72, and it doesn't go much up, and it doesn't go much down. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to get it up to about 75, 76, and I haven't had much success. But since I know meeting planners look at that when they're thinking of hiring you, and my speaking fee is not insubstantial, if I know that's one of the factors, then I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure I keep it in a range that makes me look like a contender and not mm-hmm. like an amateur.
1: Right. And, and that's exactly what people who are thinking of becoming speakers or, or who are speakers need to be looking at. And the reason meeting planners are looking at clout is because they know that you're going to promote their event mm-hmm. to your audience. Um you know and and so maybe there's one or two or ten or twenty or three hundred people in your audience who are good potentials, but you know those those meeting planners are smart; they know that you've got that built in audience to to be able to start doing some of that promotion
3: yeah, it's true now, if you're doing a speak to sell gig, it's not likely somebody's going to check your thoughts. right. Mm -hmm. This is more like if you're going to speak for an association Mm -hmm. or a corporation for a paid speaking gig where they're going to pay you thousands of dollars. That's where your clout score is starting to become a factor. Mm -hmm. Right. I
1: saw, and and this has been a while ago, where um, movie studios are really looking at clout scores because they've realized that if they are hiring actors and actresses for their TV show, their movie, you know, whatever it is, they can spend less on doing the promotion because their their talent are going to be doing the promotion themselves. That's right,
3: and they have a large following.
1: Mm -hmm, Right. Now, you know, we don't all want to be Justin Bieber, (laughs) you know, but it is something, you know, I, I saw the other day somebody said, hey, I have a clout score of 65. Is that good? And several people responded and said, okay, that's X percentage, more than most people but try to have it higher. You know, I think mine hovers around about 68. And so, you know, it. and, but it is something that I think we do need to be aware of.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get obsessed about it, but I go on there about once a week. And if I notice it's below my normal, then I will put on one of those stupid mm-hmm. posts like, you know, what should I buy at Costco? Or, you know, if you could write a note mm-hmm. to your younger self, what would you say? Cause right. I know I'm going to get a ton of comments that mm-hmm. I'm not going to get on a regular post. And, You know, it's I. On the one hand, it's unfortunate that I feel I need to do that. On the other hand, I think people think those things are fun, so I think it's really fine to do. Right, right. If they didn't, you'd get that feedback also. Yeah, that's true, Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't
1: get all those comments. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and now you know you do have to be cautious. And you know, I've never ever seen you do anything that I would think is inappropriate. But we've we've all seen people who have posted, say, the controversial type of things. Because they're wanting feedback there. And, you know, thank heavens the elections are done. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's not a good way to build your clout score, no, um, well, especially
3: if you're do... wanting people to notice you in a positive way. Yeah, I don't do religion and politics. And right. Part of it is I speak around the world, and my clients are all different religions and of all different political spectrums. Mm-hmm. I mean, the government of Brunei, is one of my clients. They are a Muslim country. They just reinstituted Sharia law. I cannot mm-hmm. get involved in political and religious right. discussions mm-hmm. on my Facebook page. My client friended me. So I just I stay away from that. I know a lot of people feel that it's you know they, they're expressing themselves. It's just not in alignment with me mm-hmm. and my brand.
1: Right. Well and it's funny I heard somebody say why would you know speaking exactly about politics why would you want to risk alienating half of the people that, that you're connected with? Because, you know, in essence, the, the United States is broken into two parties and it is pretty much about 50-50, um, you know, and, and so why would you want to do that?
3: I think if I were a social commentator, that would be appropriate for my right. brand. But as mm-hmm. someone who speaks on leadership and employee engagement and women's success and speaking for entrepreneurs religion and politics have nothing to do with my brand and nothing to do with my message, so I just don't go there. Right, right.
1: Well, we're going to go ahead and, and take our last break, and when we come back, you know, we've we've been talking about, you know, how, how entrepreneurs should speak and how they should find their target audience, but when we come back, let's talk about how they actually start crafting that message, and, you know, then then what do we do with that? And of course, that's far more than, than the time we've got left. But when we come back, let's let's really see if we can hit some of those highlights. So I'm Deb Creer, having a fabulous time on Mile High Radio, talking with Ava Diamond, and we'll be back in just a moment.
4: Yep, here's your problem. You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com.
0: Hurt or injured in a car accident? It can be hard to take the proper legal action after a car accident. But waiting can cost you more. The law requires car accident victims to assert claims promptly. You could lose out by simply waiting. Call 800-467-4551 right now to see what your claim could be worth when handled by a skilled attorney. With a lawyer fighting and speaking up for you, you could be entitled to a big cash award. Call 800-467-4551. That's 800-467-4551. Now it's fast and easy to connect with the legal help you need after your car accident. Call 800-467-4551. The call is free, but you need to act now before time runs out on your claim. You need a lawyer to fight for you, protect you, and get you the compensation you need and deserve. Time's wasting. Call 800-467-4551. That's 800-467-4551. Call now. Real life isn't like TV. Bad guys don't read scripts.
4: When a crisis occurs, only solid training will be enough to potentially save your life and the life of your family. At Duty to Act, owned and operated by Navy SEAL Jimmy Graham, our focus is to make sure you have all the training you need to be the first and last line of defense against unwanted intruders. Duty to Act is a professional defense company that offers the best training in the world to prepare individuals to protect themselves and their family members against real-world threats. The Close Quarters Defense System is the world's best and most proven real-world defense system. Its foundation has been taught to our nation's most elite operators for the past two decades. Other classes we offer are Active Shooter Response, Home Defense, Women's Defense, and more. Now, it's your turn. To find out more or to sign up for classes, find us online at dutytoact.com. That's dutytoact.com. Or call 720-644-7552. Remember, the life you save may be your own. Yep. Here's your problem. You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com.
2: We're back for more fun and inspiration with social media expert Deb Creer and her fabulous guest.
1: We're back. Uh, thank you for being my friend. I love my intro music because it's you know talking about thank you for being my friend, and you know we are friends, and and that's that's very important because as my guest Ava Diamond and I have been talking about. It's about that no like trust factor, and then hopefully the buy for me factor comes in that. but it's also about wanting people to refer to you, refer clients to you, you know things like that. and and so part of this is getting out there and getting in front of your target audience and that's what Ava helps people do is figure out who they're who they really should be speaking to. But now let's let's talk about, how they fine tune that message so that they're not just getting up there and rambling along and chasing squirrels and, you know, doing all of those things that we've all seen speakers do. So Ava, welcome back and let's just jump in. How
3: do people really start fine tuning that message? Are you talking about fine tuning the message or are you talking about actually putting the talk together? Cause- in my mind, they're two different things. It is so. Let's let's talk about fine tuning the message first. Okay, so you start with that ideal client, and and you're really looking deeply at two things. One thing is you're looking at what are they struggling with. You know, what is keeping them up at night? What are they? you know wake up in bed and sit up straight with sweat pouring down them and then toss and turn and can't fall back asleep because mm-hmm. because they're so challenged by it you know if you're a wellness coach it might be you know their weight or their lack of energy because of what they're eating if um you're a business coach it might be that they are not they don't have enough income and they're thinking of having to go back and get a real job if you're a financial services person it might be that they don't have enough money and they don't know how to leverage the money they have they don't know how to conserve their money so you know it's like what is that ideal client struggling with but some people stop there and i think the other important piece is what do they aspire to you know there it's not just the negative it's not just what are they struggling with what would they pay anything to alleviate but then it's like what do they dream of what do they aspire to what do they want more than anything and and then you look at okay given that how does my expertise Solve their problem and take them toward their dream, and that's how you begin to laser focus in your message. So I have like a, a whole zillion questions I run through with my clients, mm-hmm. but if you had to boil it down, that's really what you boil it down to: is what what are that what are they frustrated and struggling with, and what do they really want? What do they dream of? What are their aspirations? Great. You know, and
1: as you were talking, an example, you know, you had mentioned the financial planner, and you know, so everybody wants to pay their bills. That's kind of the basic. But then is it, do they want to afford a second home in the mountains? Or, you know, all those things. And, and I love that because I think so many people just do that first step. You know, they, they, they get you to, your, your pain is alleviated. And that's great. You know, and, and, and we're not saying that those people who present like that are bad. But then that next step is what really makes you that speaker that people can't wait to hear and and can't
3: wait to, to work with. Yeah, for my audiences, particularly my corporate and association audiences, you know, my job is to give them inspiration, motivation, and tools. So a lot of people ask me, what's the difference between inspiration and motivation? Inspiration is to get them to want to. It's sort of lighting that fire under their butt. Motivation is having them believe they can and getting them Mm -hmm. to want to. And then the tools are just the techniques and the the tools and the how-to of how to make it happen. So I'm there every time to give them inspiration, motivation, and tools every time I step in the room. Now, if I'm speaking to entrepreneurs and I'm speaking to sell, in other words, I'm selling my speech coaching to them, then what I'm helping them do is to really get in touch with where they're not getting enough clients and they're not making enough money and they're not getting their message out and have them feel the... How disheartening that is and the discomfort of that. But then to show them what's possible for them. You know, I always do math with them and say, okay, let's say you're in front of a room of this many people and you're selling this and you convert this much of your audience. Well, look how much money you've made in one talk. Now, how could you not want to do that? Because Mm -hmm. you're not only going to want to do, you're not only going to do one talk. Let's say you do a couple of months and I show them what that can create in their business and they're just like, oh my gosh, I have got to get out and do this. Right. And you, know, one of the, you just mentioned something that, that I think
1: is so critical and, and you know, it, it's funny now I'm being the squirrel and jumping to the next topic. That is to have a coach. You know, I don't think there's probably anyone who is a born presenter. You know, there's there's something that everybody needs help with. Um, one of the the people I've connected with here in Atlanta is a gentleman named Tom Nixon, and he does a, a tip every Monday morning on on how to really make a powerful PowerPoint presentation. You know, and it's things like how to have you know uh, uh, colors on your your slide and how to not have. A whole bunch of words and all of those things and to me that's very practical advice and obviously what you coach people in is very practical advice also so you know how does someone know that that they need a coach and and how do then they go about finding that person are you talking about a business coach in general no more somebody who is wanting to speak um, so speaking, you know, somebody who say like me, you know, and and you know, or anybody who wants to to get up and speak in front of people, how do they figure out, you know, who to go to? And and it's it's okay, you can really pitch your service here, but um, you know, there's obviously people need all sorts of different types of of coaching when they're getting ready to speak. They
3: do. Here's you know, here's almost the litmus test: if you go out and you do a speech and you close thirty percent of the room you probably don't need a speech coach. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing great. You're doing pretty good. good probably, yeah. You're probably rocking it. You, you know, you, you probably don't need to make that investment right now. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to start closing bigger numbers, if you want to speak on bigger stages, if you want to have more confidence, you might. But if you're doing a speech, you're closing 30 to 40% of the room, you're doing beautifully. Now, for the rest of the world, because that's not normal for most people to just, hit it right out of the box and do that. If you're if you're struggling with your message or if you don't know how to turn your message into a signature talk or you don't know how to tell great stories that are compelling and gripping if you don't know how to put together images because Brain science tells us that people remember 10% of what they hear three days later, but if you combine it with a powerful image, they'll remember 65% three days later. So if you Mm -hmm. don't know how to put together powerful visuals, if you don't know how to structure your offer, if you don't know what to offer, then then you would benefit from speech coaching. And how do you pick Mm -hmm. one? I think a lot of it is who do you click with. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, you have to... Let's assume that you have narrowed it down to three or four people who are qualified, you know, because you're not Mm going to be talking to people that aren't qualified. So Mm -hmm. let's assume they have the expertise and the qualifications that you need. Then I just go by your gut and say, who do I want to work with for the next few months? You know, Mm -hmm. who am I going to have fun with? Who do I click with? There There are people who, you know, are very linear, logical, quiet. People, if that's what you want, you go with somebody like that. There are people who are more dynamic, if that's what you want, there are people like that. I would just say, assuming people are equally qualified and and equally um, able to teach you, then just pick somebody you like and you're going to love working with. Right.
1: You know, one of the things that you mentioned several times, and I really want to talk about it, is that you have a signature presentation. So talk to us about what
3: a signature presentation is and why that's important. Well, I think your your signature talk really is the one you're going to lead with. And, and I always suggest that people start with one, because mm-hmm. otherwise you just get too fractured. Your, your attention and your energy gets too fractured. So you mm-hmm. start with the one, that is going to sell people and that's why i work with my clients to create their product pyramid so they know what they're selling and they know once they finish once the client finishes with that what they upsell them to so your signature talk is the one that's going to get people to take you up on Mm -hmm. your call to action now your call to action might be that you're selling like a five-week online program, or it might just be that you're doing a giveaway and you're getting people to sign up to be on your list and become part of your tribe, and you'll market to them later. So Mm -hmm. so it really, your signature talk is perfectly designed to lead people to take action on your call to action. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have your personal story. If you're speaking to sell, now, not so much for a keynote, but if you're speaking to sell, your personal story is a big part of that. I mean, we didn't go into my personal story. You, I just kind of gave you my my sort of resume of what I'd been doing. But if I had told you my personal story, it would give you a lot more information about where I came from, which was pretty much nothing and no clients and, you know, no clue mm-hmm. it's pretty much how I would say it. Um you know, to, to the business I have today, I mean, you, you're gonna make your personal story a huge part of your signature talk because it creates two things. It creates credibility. People know how you built your expertise, but it also creates vulnerability and relatability mm-hmm. because it shows people, oh, she wasn't born into this business. She started here just like me and she built it by developing these things and getting this mentoring. I mean, I have spent tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars on mentoring over the years.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
3: I think it's important for people to have coaches and mentors. You know, my first mentors were in the National Speakers Association and they were part of my membership. But then I started paying for mentors because I was going in a very different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the whole speaking to sell thing, which, you know, they don't teach at NSA, and it's a very different business. The coaching world is a very different business than the professional speaking world, and I knew nothing about it. I had to learn all of that. And you can do it the hard way and spend forever listening to free webinars and free teleseminars and free teleseminars and try to cobble it together and go slow, or you can hire a mentor and fast-track it and, and get out of the chute fast and start mm-hmm. making money. So I, I think that's a, a rather circuitous answer to your question. I was kind of thinking out loud, but that's my thinking on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I love the concept of having mentors and whether it's, you know, that you've paid for them. And I think we all have personal mentors, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you you have a lot, sometimes you have them for a long period of time, sometimes it's a very short period of time, but it, it helps us. And, and to me, that comes back to sometimes the fact, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier, that, that we've become these little silos, you know, we're in our home office, we don't get out, we don't see people, and, uh, we lose touch with what's out there. And, and I think that's where having a mentor and having your tribe, you know, that was one of the, the things that we mentioned early on, having those other people that you connect with. And I don't care if it's on social media, if it's in real life. You know, to me, real life is actually the the better form, even though that's, you know, what I do is social media. Having the, the real life people to connect with we all need that. Um, you know, we're social creatures, and they, and that's just something that I think sometimes people they get scared of too. You know, they also think, oh, I can't, I can't ask her to to mentor me. She's so important. You know, they might say, gee, I don't have time, but hopefully they'll do it in a nice, polite way. But they also should be honored that they were even asked.
3: Yeah, and you know, I also think that people have to, and and many of your listeners may disagree. But I think people need to be willing to invest in themselves and Mm -hmm. invest dollars in themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nice to walk around and ask people to mentor you for free, but most of the people that you would want as a mentor are too busy to do that. Right. Unless, you know, it's in your professional organization and that's part of the norm of how things work. It's not like it was 10, 15 years ago where people had that kind of time. And I think Entrepreneurs who are not willing to invest in their own growth and their own business are going to have a much slower trajectory than those Mm -hmm. that do. And, you know, it doesn't have to be long-term mentorship. You don't have to, you know, hire somebody for a year. There there are, in other words, working with me privately, that's a four-month program. That's Mm -hmm. enough for most people. I hired somebody to help me with Facebook ads because I was trying to do it by myself, and all of a sudden by mid-morning I found myself crying because I couldn't figure it out, and I mm-hmm. put that on Facebook, and three people reached out to me and said, don't cry, I can help you. And That's I right. hired one of my colleagues, um, mm-hmm. you know, who lives here in Colorado, we're, we're, you know, buddies, and I hired her and said, go do this. I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with it anymore. I don't want to learn about it. I don't want to know about it. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to have a long-term relationship with her. I hired her for that one project, mm-hmm. but I needed mentoring in that space right then. I didn't need a six-month program on Facebook ads. I needed someone to help me with Facebook ads during that campaign I was doing for those couple of weeks. Right. Well, and it, to me, there is a different
1: relationship that you have with somebody if it's free or... Or if it's paid, and they're they're probably going to give you different feedback um, if it's free. Because if it's free, a lot of times it is more of the, I'm I'm a friend, and and that's not bad. But they will give you different feedback than if you are paying them, Um, you know. And 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 I think that you're right. You need to make that investment, and you know, obviously there's different levels of investment and and things like that. But it's something that, aside from anything else, it shows
3: that you're taking things seriously also. You know and i think that's true and i think anyone that offers program and, and services should have different levels for mm-hmm. example i don't want only somebody who can invest at the private coaching level to be able to work with me so i offer a five-week program that i do live online i usually offer it about twice a year so in five mm-hmm. weeks people can really laser-focus their message, know their niche, have their talk, you know, know how to talk to meeting planners, have their one sheet in five weeks. So as people are thinking about mentoring, you know, there's there's sort of low-cost five-, six-week programs that you can get into and really get a lot, or Mm -hmm. you can take the deep dive and have private mentoring. But I think – sitting there and trying to go it on your own to save money is the worst thing you can do. And I only say that because I've done it Mm -hmm. where it got me. And, and I'd encourage people invest in yourself if you want other people to invest in you, because people are not going to invest in you. There's just something about the way the universe works. People are not going to invest in you at a higher level than you've invested in yourself. Right. Well, holy cow,
1: we are at the top of the hour, and we've just scratched the surface on this, yeah. um, but you've got so many great resources, and so tell people how they find you online again and, and, and get some of those resources from you.
3: Great. So so I mentioned earlier, thank you for asking, Deb. I mentioned earlier you can go to BigImpactSpeaking.com and download a free Uh, Rock Your Speaking Power Pack, which is so worth the download. But I also want to offer you two other things. One is, I have a template for you that you can download if you want to try to put together your own signature talk. And, Mm -hmm. and get out a pencil, because you're going to have to write this URL down. It's big dash, impact dash, speaking dot com, forward slash giveaway. I'm going to say that again. Now my site doesn't have the dashes. My site is just bigimpactspeaking.com, but this this template is at big dash impact dash speaking.com uh, forward slash giveaway. Cool. And the other and it's a very cool template. It walks you through it step by step. And then if you think that you'd like to talk with me about possibly working together, I can give you a URL where you can apply for a, a session with me. Great. And that's a bit.ly. So it's bit.ly mm-hmm. slash skyrocket, A-P-P-L-I-C for application. It's sort of applic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it was going to be too long. So it's bit.ly forward slash skyrocket, Applic, APPLIC, and that will take you to a SurveyMonkey quick application you can fill out and if I think we're a good fit we'll set up a call and spend a half hour on the phone together seeing how we can jumpstart your speaking. Perfect. Well,
1: Ava, this has been a delight. I've been sitting here taking notes. Um, You know, the the cool thing is since the program is recorded, then we can go back and listen to it again. Um, But, you know, again, they find you at BigImpactSpeaking.com, correct? Uh Uh-huh. perfect. Perfect. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on and providing great information. We did deviate a bit from not always talking about social media, but I do that when I think we've got a great topic, and, and this was definitely something that I think every entrepreneur, every small business owner really needs to be thinking about.
3: I do too, because I really do believe you need the online and the offline and that they integrate beautifully together. So your speaking and your social media are going to be, beautifully integrate they're really not separate things right right well
1: thank you so much and to everyone thanks for listening and we will be back with you
3: next week thank you again deb thank you for inviting me this has been delightful perfect thank you bye-bye
4: yep here's your problem you haven't been listening to milehighradio.com